Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage in the Madison area. Uh, very happy to bring my co-host on, who again is wearing the, the Sports Advantage logo. We're, we're fired up that he's got that on. Coach Manchi over in, over in Maker Nation. Coach, how you doing? Excellent. Well, we got a we got a really special guest here, and we're going to do something a little new for the uh, Get Your Edge podcast. Here, we're taking the next step in our in our development as a as a podcast. So, before we introduce our guests, we're going to uh, let this ride here. Here's the punt coming from Kusa. Oh, he fumbled it. It's blocked unbelievably. Wisconsin with a chance to pounce. Who's got it? who's got it our guest has got it that's who's got it i'm talking about from brookfield central ben strickland coach strickland how are we doing tonight i'm doing great now (laughs) just so our listeners know okay there's been uh, the history of wisconsin badger football i've been i've been looking through this and this ranks that play strick ranks in pretty much everything you'll five, find in one of the top five plays in Badger history. The only guys that really kind of trump you, okay, just so to speak, is Daryl Bevel, which obviously that run, how he scored, I don't think anybody knows. Uh, I'm sure there's a Ron Dane clip in there, which is, you know, pretty good. Shabes, every now and then, he goes up and down, you know, with that pass to Lee Evans. I think there's a tailback by the name of Melvin Gordon that pops in there every now and then. Um, and then a David Gilrith return, but strict, you got, you guys are right up there. So, um, really excited to have you on the show strict. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from and, and, you know, kind of, we'll get into what you're doing right now. Okay. Sure. Um, so, uh, like you had said, just to introduce me, which I appreciate, I'm a, uh, a Brookfield central graduate. Uh, you went to high school there in, uh, late, late 90s early 2000s um, and uh, had a really great experience there, you know, academically, uh, but obviously more so athletically. Um, had a great group of guys that I, I, I grew up with and we played together and had a lot of success on the field, uh, but just really good memories. Um, and then uh, I was fortunate to be able to be given an opportunity to walk on at Wisconsin, uh, probably mostly because I had a teammate that was pretty decent that, uh, teams are trying to recruit, uh, and Joe Thomas, um, I actually still remember, uh, Paul Christ, who was the, uh, tight ends coach and Wisconsin area recruiter at the time, uh, came to our game against West Dallas Hale. And, uh, you know, I had a really good game that game and, um, you know, but the only reason he was there was because of Joe. And I think Paul was kind of like, well, maybe if we give this kid and, you know, that other kid on the, on the team, a chance to walk on, maybe I'll, convince Joe to come come to Wisconsin and so um you know so I was I was really fortunate to go to Wisconsin and walk on with two of my best friends um played there for four years I uh started uh, my journey on special teams and you know tried to then claw my way into the depth chart and uh, got some playing time on on both defense and special teams um became a captain my senior year um when I got done playing uh you know wanted to uh, continued to be involved in the game. Uh, so I got into coaching, 
Uh, spent one year up in Minnesota coaching high school ball and teaching. Um, followed my girlfriend at the time up there, who fortunately worked out. She's now my wife. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then moved back here to Wisconsin. Somehow she uh, she thought it was going to be a good idea for me to be a GA and never see her again. Uh, so, so I did that and uh, then, then got promoted full time and I went to Florida for a couple of years to coach and then moved back here with my family to Wisconsin. Now coaching at Edgewood High School in Madison. Hey, um, quick uh, shout out about that clip that Brian played when I talked to uh, one of our avid podcast listeners, Josh Heisler, who coaches with us at Kimberly. And you know Josh, Ben. Um, first yeah. thing he said is, who you got coming on, Ben Strickland? He pulled that video up <laughs> immediately and sent it to me. And um, obviously, he's a huge fan of of you and he's a huge fan of the Badgers and, and high school football in the state of Wisconsin. So I just had to throw kudos out to Josh Heisler because I know he listens to every episode. He, he really enjoys our guests on the podcast. And I told him that you were going to be on there. And right away, that clip was immediately sent to me. He said, make sure that's part of the podcast. So I said to Brian, is there a way we can make it happen? <laughs> and obviously he did. So we're going to find we're gonna awesome. yeah. out after we're done with the recording if it actually is on there or not. <laughs> so far, so good. But the game's not over yet, right? The podcast isn't over. Yeah. Hey, going back to that walk-on experience, I mean, obviously you and Joe got a special relationship and and there. And Joe was so heavily recruited. I mean, I mean, you're talking about uh, every big – school in the nation was after Joe. I mean, he was probably one of the most highly recruited athletes, football players ever out of the state of Wisconsin. And now you're walking on. So kind of explain what that was like. I mean, your best friend's getting all this, he's getting all this, you know, notoriety and, and recognition and he's big man on campus. Now you're the walk-on, you know, explain what that was like right away. Yeah, well, um, like I said, fortunately, I was able to walk on uh, with another uh, good friend of ours, uh, Steve Johnson, who um, he didn't spend uh, many days in doing linebacker individual. They shipped him over to, to long snapping pretty quick. Um, so he was a full-time <laughs> long snapper. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, with Joe, obviously, he was, was you know, pretty highly recruited. Um, myself, uh, I was probably out of the three of us the least recruited but knew that was, you know, just because of, you know, size, um, you know, at the next level and, and playing a skill position, um, you know, Wisconsin kids kind of get overlooked there, um, you know, and so, you know, for me, it was, it was coming in and, and, and really, I would say when I, I felt like <laughs> it's probably pretty cliche for a lot of kids at that time, but when I felt like uh, I saw uh, Jimmy Leonard play in person uh, and saw him doing what he was doing, you know, the, uh, the undersized uh, walk on in me was like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Um, and so, you know, walking in, it was, it was neat. I obviously got to be teammates with Jim Leonard and, and, and learn a lot from him and, and watch him, um, you know, have success on the field. Um, and then just, you know, seeing Joe continue to get better and better uh, gave me confidence just in growing up with him and competing against him and with him, um, you know, all the way through our younger years that, you know, if this is a guy that's starting to have success at this level, there's there's no reason I can't either. Um, and so I, I knew that my opportunities would be more limited, uh, you know, compared to the scholarship guys. And so it was just making sure I was prepared for those moments and, and making the most of whatever opportunity I got. And, um, you know, that kind of what that's what led to me getting on the field 
um, you know, starting off with kickoff. And I remember during fall camp, we didn't have a great kickoff team the year prior. And so we, it was basically like an open tryout. You know, we're going to see what, what 11 guys are going to be the best guys, or really 10 guys that are going to be the get, best guys to put out there and cover kicks. And uh, I think I made like three or four tackles, um, you know, on like six kicks. And so, um, you know, that stood out and, and got me an opportunity. And then it just, you know, built from there. Strick, I tell you, you know, we, we all, as coaches, we, we always tell kids, you know, you, you know, whether you're, you're a backup, you're a scout team guy, you know, you always got to prepare every day that, that, you know, you're the next man up, you know, and we've seen it, you know, in high school, we've seen it in, in multiple sports. So it's not just a football, you know, conversation either is, you know, you see a lot of times, most times, you know, guys get their first opportunity to play because, because of an injury you know, or, or some, you know, mm -hmm. something happens to another teammate. And unfortunately, you know, while we were practicing for Iowa, um, I believe that's when you got your first start, you know, in Kinnick Stadium. Um, I think it was the same day that Tyler Donovan might have gotten his first start too. Um, yeah. I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday and our starting cornerback, Alan Langford, we well, for whatever reason, and I don't really question coaches' decisions too much, but we were practicing like a, um, like a Hail Mary. And for whatever reason, Al went up to try and knock it down. I think he landed on someone's foot and rolled his ankle, you know, and that's how we yeah. end practice on Tuesday or Wednesday. We're getting ready to go play Iowa. Um, and that gave you an opportunity, you know, um, and, you know, so kind of talk how you went through the preparation um, to get it, you know, being kind of the next man up, you know, knowing that maybe you weren't starting and then all of a sudden you're thrust in that starting role. How did that benefit you that you're already preparing, you know, so to speak? Yeah, well, I think that for, for me, um, you know, maybe this was the, um, the optimism that I had, but, you know, it was always that, you know, I was, regardless of where I was at on the depth chart, I was continually competing for a starting spot because I wanted to get on the field as much as I could to impact the team, you know, and that was just a competitor in me. But I also got to the point, too, where I understood that, uh, you know, and trusted the coaches were going to put the best players out there at the time. And so my job was to, to do my best. And then when I was asked to uh, go in there, it was to, to make sure that I was, um, you know, studying film, understanding, you know, what adjustments were being made in the back end based on what we were seeing that week. And, uh, you know, for me, I think, uh, you know, Jack Ikeguanu was the other corner. And, uh, you know, if I'm the Iowa quarterback and I'm getting under center and I'm looking at Jack Iguanu, who is a 4-2-9-40, six foot, <laughs> like everything you could ask for in a corner, and then me, uh, I know where I'm going with the ball. And so I think for me, it was always making sure that I was putting myself, and much that I learned from Jimmy, was putting yourself a step ahead of the game and, you know, having pre-snap awareness understanding, you know, their splits, understanding the, the formations, And so it was, it was all the, um, you know, the prep work leading up to the game that I made sure that I focused on um, week to week. And then especially, you know, as, as the weeks went on and, and, you know, and I knew an opportunity eventually would, would come up, you know, whether that was in a package or, um, you know, at the corner spot. And so for me, it was just making sure I was always preparing like a starter because uh, you are one injury away. And, you know, I knew my advantage was to, to uh, you know, put myself in a better position 
pre-snap and understand, you know, what their tendencies were, what they were trying to do. And once, once I saw it, you know, I was, I was pretty good at reacting. Um, and so, you know, the Iowa game, you know, you know, fortunately, you know, they have a, an offense that's, you know, run and play action pass. So, you know, you kind of knew it was either going to be one or the other, uh, you know, drop back situations and third down. And so, you know, I just knew, you know, based on the sets, you know, what to expect. Um, and so, yeah. And, and, and for me, if I, if I wasn't going to be the one starting, I was going to make sure that the guys in front of me were prepared as well. And so, you know, I would always constantly try to be coaching them up um, just because that was my nature, because I wanted to, you know, have our team on the field, win the game and give ourselves the best chance. And if that meant helping the guy in front of me, that was what I was going to do. Strick. Okay. So let's cut through, you know, the, the player coach speak that first snap, like what was going through your, like, how, how was your stomach? Yeah. I mean, so I know <laughs> it's different than running the down first, on a kickoff when you, you're just like, yeah, okay. it is. So just, just, it is. just cut well, through actually, a little bit. Yeah. And actually I remember cause, cause Al was still trying to work through the ankle yep. even through pregame. And so, you know, Kerry cooks was the DB coach at the time uh, who, you know, boo for him. He's not Notre Dame, which, you know, we'll whoop on him this weekend. But, uh, you know, I remember him coming up to me. Interesting, because this podcast will come out after the, after the game, so that'll be interesting. Very. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'll, uh, you know, I remember him, you know, we walked in the locker room, and, I mean, Al didn't look great in warm-up, so I kind of expected it. But he came up to me. He was like, all right, you're getting the start. Like, you know, get ready to go. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of nerves that go with that. Um, but I remember, you know, Steli. Uh, Joe Stelmacher, yep. who's a high school coach in Berlin now, um, he was a starting safety. And, you know, he also gave me a lot of confidence because seeing him go out there and play, I was like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. So, um, so I think, you know, just him saying, you know, we had a really good defense that year that played well together. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of, of superstars. There were some young guys that were good, John Casillas, DeAndre Levy. Um, but we had guys that just did their job. And so, you know, I remember Joe, Stelmacher telling me, just, you know, do your job. We got your back. You'll do great. Um, and so I wasn't incredibly nervous going out there. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to get beat down the beat, beat, beat deep down the field. Um, so I think I was probably, you know, off at 25 yards rather than like, you know, seven or eight <laughs> at first snap. Hey, um, every athlete, man, goes through a situation when all of a sudden, you know, you got to hang up the cleats, you know, got to put the jersey away. You got to move on with your life. You decided then to go into coaching. Kind of explain, you know, how you came about that decision and then how you got started in coaching. Yeah, well, uh, I think throughout my whole life, you know, especially, you know, my youth years and my high school years, I mean, those were my, were my strongest coaching relationships. And I was fortunate to be able to develop, you know, good coaching relationship at the college level. Um but I knew that, you know, regardless of, you know, it started when I was playing, like I had kind of said before, where, you know, I, I enjoyed helping another person out and then seeing them go out and, and perform well, um, you know, gave, gave me a sense of pride that, you know, maybe I had a little bit of impact in helping him, you know, feel more confident or, or you know, have success on a play or during the course of a game. So, um, you know, I, I think about, you know, some of the guys that I play with, you know, like Aaron Henry, he's a DB coach at Illinois. You know, Jay Valais, the corners coach at Alabama. Aubrey Pleasant's the, um, the, the DB coach at uh, with the Lions. 
And, you know, those are three guys that were young guys when I was a senior that, you know, Aaron was the nickel playing ahead of me and Jay and Aubrey were both guys that were at the safety spot um, that was helping to try to uh, get them ready. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, it was, it was kind of something that as time went along, I just got more and more excited about um, that being the impact I made on others. Um, and then, you know, when I first, when I first got my first coaching experience, was at the high school level, like I said, up in Minnesota. And uh, I coached for a man named Dave Nelson, who was at Minnetonka High School. Um, you know, great man, great coach. And he had a way of just bringing people together uh, through the game, uh, you know, with relationships and, you know, and really, you know, show me what it was like to build a sense of community within the football program. Um, it was a great experience for just one year under Dave and we still stay in touch. Um, you know, I, I still have a lot to learn from a man like that. And so um, that was a great experience for me. And it, it showed me that, you know, there, regardless of the level, whether it was high school or college, you know, the type of experiences that you can give to others, you know, through giving of yourself, um, you know, that's, that's something that's, that's hard to, um, you know, replicate. And so, you know, my experience in getting into coaching with, you know, Minnetonka at the high school level, and then getting the opportunity to GA. Um, obviously, at the college level, it, it steps up a notch, and I learned a ton of football. Um, you know, and and I think for me, it was you know with with Dave Doran. Uh, he's now the head coach at NC State. He was the first guy that gave me a college opportunity. Um, you know, I learned a lot from him just about you know how to how to work and how to plan. Um, you know, how to organize. Um, you know, making sure that, you know, you, you understood the why. And uh, when you go from a player to a coach, you realize how much more knowledge you could have gained um, looking back on it um, that, you know, maybe would have helped you. And so then you have this feeling of you want to do that for others and impart these things that you've learned so that, you know, the people behind you can can have an gr even greater experience. So, um so, you know, I had, I had some great coaches I worked with. You know, like I mentioned, Kerry Cook's DB coach. He's now at Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, I had a great partner in crime with uh, Kevin Kane, who's a linebacker's coach at Illinois, um, you know, and then worked for, like I said, Doran, Chris Ash, who's with the Jaguars now, um, you know, and then and probably the person I learned the most football from uh, was Dave Aranda. Um, those two years were, you know, years that I felt like I learned a completely different way of thinking and teaching and coaching, uh, you know, that then allowed me to see, you know, there's obviously coaches that have different philosophies and ways to go about doing things, but ultimately how to bring it together and, and understand the kids that are in front of you and how you can maximize their abilities. Um, you know, and then just even at the, you know, and then coming back to the high school level, you know, uh, I mean, the first couple of years have been a little bit of a struggle at Edgewood just because of where the program was and, you know, where we knew it could go. Um, but, you know, that that humbled me in the place where, you know, it doesn't really it doesn't matter how much, you know, it matters about, you know, the relationships you have with those kids and giving them the confidence, uh, you know, and belief if they don't believe in themselves to, to push them further than they can take themselves. So. Um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed my coaching journey and the different levels I've, I've been at and the different people I've come across um, and, and truly enjoyed it. Greg, it's like a who's who in college football right now, which is, I mean, you got, I mean, that's, it's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. 
you know, and then, you know, you're at Minnetonka, right? That's where you where you're at Minnetonka, right? With our guy, Jason Reader. Jason's an avid yep. listener of the, of the podcast. We went, um, yep. you know, Jason came into town. We all had dinner together. Actually, Dean, you and, and Strick and I and Jason, and I think Chris Biola and, and a couple other guys did. And, but after you were there, Strick, you, you, you went down South, right? You went down to Florida. Um, tell mm-hmm. us, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that's kind of a, a, a change in, um, scenery, so to speak. And, you know, you got a chance to experience something a little bit different, um, than, you know, so to speak, Wisconsin type football. Um, you know, how'd that help you out as far as your, you know, maybe gaining some new perspective and, and just in your growth, your growth mindset. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for, for me, it was, and you know how this is, uh, coach bot with, being at Wisconsin, there's, there's a culture, there's a, a way of doing things. Um, and you go down to Florida and, you know, it's a completely different culture. And so every place, I think, you know, for me, it was realizing that every place is unique and, um, you know, there are a lot of different ways to win. Um, but you have to have core principles that you feel like you can instill and, uh, you know, I, I did feel like, you know, going down there for two years was a tremendous experience. Um, I mean, the the care factor that people have down there for football in the South and in Florida, I mean, it matters. You know, for some of those kids, it's their way out. And so learning some of their stories, and we even had some kids, you know, uh, that came up from Florida that I got a chance to coach up here in Wisconsin, um, that you just realize, you know, how much how much of a, a vehicle football in, in this case or sports in general can be for, for kids that are in situations that, you know, are really rough. Um, you know, probably one of the, the, the best teammates that I ever had was Chris Presley uh, in terms of understanding where he came from, um, the, the things that he had to endure that, a, you know, a middle school and high school kid shouldn't have to endure. Um, those are some of the same things I was seeing down in Florida uh, with some of the guys that I was coaching. And so, you know, it became, it became about the game and the game was in an escape, but it was also um, a point where you could really, um, you know, the relationships could really be impacted by, you know, coaches that cared about them as people. Um, because the one thing I found that, you know, down there, they were so used to it being more transactional. Um, they were used to a lot of street agents and people with seven on seven teams and, you know, transferring high schools. And so relationships weren't as, as important as it was of, you know, can this guy get me where I want to go? And I thought Charlie Partridge, who was the head coach down there, did a great job of, you know, instilling some of those principles that he's learned from Wisconsin and Coach Alvarez and, and the coaches we work with up there you know, of what could work down there as well as how to, how to add the, the different flavor of, of living in Florida and understanding that it is a different place. Uh, but there are still some core principles that remain constant of building a successful program. Hey, Ben, you know, now you're at Madison Edgewood High School and there's been a big turnaround. There's a lot of excitement in the whole school. You guys are five and all, you know, you got that ranking and obviously you're a huge part of it. Um, tell us about that turnaround and, you know, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the, the first year that I, uh, started coaching at Edgewood was 2018. Um, that was, you know, and then, so coach Norris, who's the head coach, 
um, got the job. Um, when he got the job, you know, I reached out to, you know, the AD and asked, you know, if, if he's looking for a defensive guy, just to, to give me a holler, I'd love to have a conversation with him. And so, you know, we, we, we talked and uh, hit it off. I think we connected right away because the reason he was in Wisconsin was because his wife told him we were, he was moving to Wisconsin because that's where she's, she's from here. She's from Dodgeville area. And uh, that's basically how I came back to Wisconsin because my wife said, hey, we're moving back to Wisconsin because <laughs> the family. So uh, we connected quick that way. But, um, you know, there was some, like I said, some core principles and, and, and values that, that we share um, that felt like, you know, we wanted to bring to the program. And so as we started talking about it, it was really kind of, you know, the things we talk about are trust, love, and commitment. Um, and so those were, you know, three you know, three points that, I mean, he brought up right away. And as soon as he said those things, those are things that for me, I'd already felt like were, were part of my own personal coaching philosophy. Um, so, you know, 2018, we had a, a good amount of seniors um, and, uh, you know, they had not been used to winning. Um, you know, we were playing some bigger schools, um, but I felt like, you know, we, talent wise, we had some kids that were able to compete but when we got to those critical moments, you could tell that the kids didn't believe that they could win. And so, um, you know, and that, and that carried in, you know, to, you know, the class behind them, um, you know, we struggled in 2019 to kind of get some footing, you know, from a leadership standpoint, um, from, you know, just guys that, you know, it was important for them to, to put their, their best effort on the field. And also, you know, what led to that, which is, you know, preparing for that, those moments. So, um, you know, the first two years were, were tough and then obviously COVID hit. Fortunately, you know, we found a way to be able to play. Um, and, uh, we had a young group of kids, good core kids, you know, juniors, sophomores that, uh, you know, really, uh, were our fun group to coach. They, they care about football, love being around each other. And so, you know, we felt like we had a chance in, you know, to, to win any game that we played just because of, you know, how competitive they were. And so 2020, we ended up, you know, go, going five and two in the regular season because it was a seven game regular season. Um, you know, we had some adversity. We lost our, in one game, we lost three quarterbacks and had to, <laughs> had to play our receiver at quarterback. Um, but then, you know, had some guys rally back and um, it was, it was, it was a fun year to be a part of because you could just see the joy that the kids had playing the game when so much had been taken away from them, you know, over the last year and a half. So, um, so that was a good, you know, stepping stone year for, for us as a program, because we felt like, you know, we were getting kids that, you know, had the, had the uh, mindset of, of being competitive and had that innate belief because of their experience in passports that they could win. Um, and so, you know, then we come into this year and, and, you know, and I think, and I know we'll probably get a chance to talk about this a little bit, but there was, um, there was a confidence in the kids this year, um, of, you know, with how we started. Um, and, and I think that started really in the off season. You know, and, and stretch that kind of leads into the next question, obviously. And, and Dean, you've been a part of two turnarounds, right. At different high schools mm -hmm. and, you know, the turnarounds, and, you know, building a culture, you know, like you said, always starts in the off season, right? You don't, you don't start building a culture the first day of practice. You know, it's really, you start, 
you know, whether it's rebuilding, you know, maintaining or building your culture is typically the, the first day after the last game, you know, and, and really good coaches like both you are and so many of our other listeners and, you know, coaches throughout the Midwest really do an awesome job of self-evaluating uh, things they can change, things they can can do differently and things like that. And, and we know that a lot of times, you know, the strength and conditioning portion of it um, aids in that building of culture. And, you know, Edgewood's taken a little different approach than, than some other schools. And, you know, obviously I have a personal bias, so I'm, you know, I'm not going to hide that here. Um, you know, we have one of our guys that's there. Um, now we have two guys there actually run the strength and conditioning program and it's run, you know, kind of like a small college, um, the way that they do things over there. And so maybe just touch on a little bit, Strick, if you could, just how strength and conditioning, you know, and, and touch on it for like what you experience as an athlete. And then now what you're seeing as a coach, you know, just the importance of, you know, what strength and conditioning does not only physically, but mentally and from a discipline standpoint for, for these athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just in talking about culture too, I mean, I think, you know, you have a lot of different people that, you know, touch the kids' lives. And, and so, you know, we're very fortunate that we have Robert at uh, Edgewood because, you know, he is part of the village that's helping these kids develop. And uh, he's a huge part of it. Um, you know, the kids, you can tell like there's, you know, from, from where we were a few years ago to where we were this off season leading into this year, um, you know, I mean, and I think it's like you're talking about culture. And, and so I know kids nowadays, you know, and just in general, like if they get hearing the same message over and over again from the same people and get a little stale, but then when there's somebody new thrown in the fold and, and you know, there's a, a similar message being conveyed in their own way, um, I think that's where kids are like, oh, like, you know, there's these guys are on the same page. Like they, 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 they want what's best for us. Um, they're going to push us to be our best. Um, and I think that's where, you know, from a football standpoint, if, you know, us football coaches are wanting to rate them every day and this and that, I think they can get very tired of hearing our voices yelling at them in the weight room, on the field, you know, off the field, right. in the classroom. And so, you know, it's been, it's been great to have another voice uh, for these kids. Uh, that hold them accountable and, 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 you know, make them take ownership in, in their own personal development. Um, and I think that's where, you know, I've, the, the difference in the kids from, you know, last year to this year was there was a, there was physical development, but to me, the bigger part was the confidence that these guys had um, because they saw themselves getting better, you know, and making measurable gains in the weight room. And that translated to them, then them having confidence, you know, when they went on the football field because they felt bigger, felt stronger, felt faster to, you know, say, hey, I know, you know, going across the line from this guy, I have more confidence that I can do what, what's being asked of me uh, because of what I've been doing in the off season. And so, you know, I think that confidence is built over time. And, and I think, you know, in the weight room, you know, or on the field doing, you know, speed and agility, um, you know, different exercises within the strength conditioning realm. I think that's where the kids really, uh, you know, can, can, you know, make the biggest gains to prepare themselves for, you know, the next season. You talked about, you know, when the next season begins, when the, the last season ends. And I think, you know, for our kids, you know, in the way the program, I think is now set up where, 
you know, those kids understand it, right? They're living in the moment, but the kids that are juniors, sophomores, freshmen, right, they know, you know, if there's a guy starting in front of them, they're going to be have to have to compete and they're excited to get to work. Um, I know, you know, for me personally, uh, you know, I, I look back and I wish I would have had something like this in high school. Um, you know, myself, you know, Joe, you know, Steve, and we had, we had some pretty good athletes, but, you know, we were just, you know, Hey, go in the weight room and, and lift and put a bunch of weight in the bar and, and figure it out. Um, you know, so we weren't given the, uh, the type of support that, you know, you see with the kids now and, and how they're developing is, is, is so much more efficient and, and so much better for them. Um, you know, I, I remember there was a, a, a guy that was a, a good friend of mine that ended up transferring high school because he wasn't going to start a quarterback. Um, and so he was training, um, you know, with a, a strength conditioning coach uh, outside of school that had a private, private gym and, you know, comes back and, you know, during the summer, he used to be the last kid you pick and pick up basketball. Well, then that changed, right? He, he developed so quickly and, and, you know, more so quickly athletically because of the work he put in that, you know, he was now, you know, as athletic as the rest of us. And we're like, okay, like, you know, regardless of what sport, like he was more athletic. And, uh, you know, we felt like, uh, you know, we kind of missed out on that in high school. Cause then when we got to college, I, you know, I did feel like I was had more confidence going on the field because I was, my, my talent was being maximized by being developed. Ben, Hey, I'm very impressed. You know, it's obvious you're a very transformational coach. And uh, I know you guys had a little camp up at St. Norbert college, just about 20 minutes North of, of where I am, Kimberly. And uh, you know, you call the, the night before and said, Hey, is there any, you know, chance I can come and check out the program and ask some questions. And, you know, you must've got up probably about, you know, four 30 in the morning. Cause we were out there about five 45 <laughs> and you were working your camp days as well. So it just speaks volumes for your growth mindset. You know, obviously, you know, you name dropped so many, you've been around so many great coaches and you've got so much knowledge and uh, you've learned from so many different coaches, high school coaches, college coaches, and uh, you're continually trying to get better. And you really understand the why of coaching high school. And I'm glad you're at the high school level because I think, you know, at the high school level, you can make such a big difference in kids' lives. And Madison Edgewood um, definitely, very I don't lucky. think very lucky and doesn't understand uh, the quality of coach that they have and parents out there, you know, um, having a, a coach Strickland and your staff helping the athletes and then having this training, like you said, I think is, is huge for the school culture and, and everything about that. So I, I just want to give you a kudos to that. Um, you mentioned that you got with your coach and you wanted to coach and you guys hit it off instantly with, you know, the why you're doing it and, you know, and what your philosophies were very similar. You knew it was going to work. So a good coaching tip right off the edge is when you talk about get your edge podcast. I think coaches got to be on the same page. And we all three agree with that. If you were going to give some high school athletes some get your edge advice, what would that be? And maybe you're doing it with your team right now, but for all of our listeners to hear it, what would Ben Strickland advice be? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, my, 
my get your edge tip would be know your edge, you know, know, know the advantage that you have over others. Um, you know, I, I think about, you know, back to my playing days, you know, it was, you know, I, I knew that regardless of the talent of the guy across from me, whether it was AU basketball or football or track, you know, I knew that I was going to try to compete harder for longer than the guy across from me. And I always felt like I had the, you know, the mental toughness advantage over them. Um, and so I knew that was my edge and, you know, and, and, and I, I made sure that I brought it every single time I, I came, came to, uh, came to competition. I think, you know, just in part of that is just really, I think, knowing yourself, you know, knowing, you know, being self-aware of what your abilities are, you know, what your weaknesses are and, and, you know, and wanting to develop and enhance both of them. Um, you know, and I think that's part of, you know, every kid's different. Every kid can add value, um, you know, to the team as a collective whole. And so, you know, there's guys that, you know, you know, want to be like the star that's on the team, you know, thinking back to, you know, a kid that I, I loved watching play on film was, uh, you know, Blair Mulholland, uh, that you coached, Coach Matchy, um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm sure there was kids in the Kimberly um, programs are like, I want to be like that guy. And, and that's great to aspire to that, but there's also like, you, you gotta be you, um, you know, and I think there's a, that authenticity of knowing yourself and bringing your best version to yourself is, is a great leadership characteristic. Um, you know, because there are a lot of different ways to lead. There's a lot of different ways, um, to, to maximize your abilities. But if you're, if you're trying to be somebody that you're not, uh, you don't got a chance. So I would say, you know, know your edge and, and know yourself and, uh, you know, push yourself to, to dream big. You know, some of our other guests, Dean, too, have talked. I mean, high school kids are smart, right, Ben? You know, they know, like, if, if you're being real with them and if they're not, I mean, the kids oh, are, yeah. you know what I mean? So you're better off just being who you are and, and leading with your heart um, and doing the right thing. So before we wrap up here, Strick, you know, um, I think we want to take a second maybe to talk about your strength and conditioning coach currently, um, you know, um, and, and the thing that, that I brought up to him, Ben, was this, this was straight up, right? I mean, you guys are a very successful high school team, you know, won a lot of games. Then we go to Wisconsin. We we're like 12 and one, I think, in you guys last year or, you know, and all this stuff. And then he goes to the Browns and they can't even make the playoffs. They can't do anything. So I'm like, like, at what point? Like, did you, like, you're like the, the, you know, outside of LeBron, probably when he was in Cleveland, you know, Joe was the man in that town. Like, at what point can he swallow his pride and just go and bang on the table and say, we need Ben Strickland if we want to make the playoffs here. I can't win without him. Right? Yeah. I mean, and I thought he would figure it out, you know, seeing the Patriots win all those Super Bowls with uh, Wes Welker and Danny Amendola and all those guys. But I guess it didn't, you know, it didn't connect for him. Um so, but no, I, I, I mean, I think, you know, like you said, Joe, I think, you know, the, the one time that we went, like we went down as a group of friends to visit Joe was his first year. And that was their most successful year. I think they yeah. went 10 and six, um, you know, all, you know, Joe was nice enough to have all of us, you know, 14 kids from high school all down there together. I don't know if Annie, his wife knew what she was getting into, but fortunately the house stayed pretty much intact except for one broken fan. Um, 
but I, I think, you know, the, the one thing that growing up, I mean, uh, you know, we had is one, we, we played multiple sports together. You know, uh, we were all played football together and compete together. We played basketball together and compete together. We did track together and compete together. And, you know, we did play baseball against each other growing in middle school. Uh, Joe was an awful pitcher and, you know, he, he, uh, he was very wild. Obviously, you know, had had a big arm, but he couldn't always find the strike zone. Um, but, you know, we, we played multiple sports together and we competed. And I didn't have any brothers growing up. Um, I know Steve, his brother was older and kind of, you know, about six, six years older than him. Joe's brother was younger than him. So there was, you know, we had a lot of guys that didn't have, you know, brothers that were close in age. So we became brothers. You know, one, one of our best friends, uh, Luke, who passed away, I mean, he was um, – you know, he was a single child. So, you know, we had a lot of guys that were, were looking for that brotherhood. And so we, we all push each other like brothers. Um, you know, probably one of the, you know, the proudest moments, you know, that I have and just, you know, my relationship with Joe was, you know, during his retirement speech, you know, when he, when he singled out myself, Luke and Steve, um, you know, helping him, you know, uh, find a love for the game. And I think that's where, you know, for, for us and, and, and for me that what I want to continue to pass on to others is just, you know, sports being a platform for both relationships and just life experiences that are, you know, are so joyful, um, you know, and, and, you know, you go through the highs, you go through the lows, but you go through it together and, and those relationships matter. And, you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, you didn't ask me to bring this up, but, you know, even just, you know, with coaches, um, you know, the, the, a memory that will always stick out to me is when, you know, when um, my junior year, when we lost my, you know, one of my best friends, Bot, and, and you were there for me, um, you know, it was more, more than about sports, um, you know, and, 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 and I don't think, you know, out of all the coaches, you know, that at Wisconsin, you know, you're the only one that, you know, placed an importance on, you know, what I was going through. And I know you had gone through, a, you know, a similar experience. And so, um, you know, I think that's where, you know, that, that, that ability that you had to show me your vulnerability um, made me connect with you. And I think that's something that coaches need to remember too, is just, you know, you, you want to be rough and tough, but, you know, those moments that you have a chance to be vulnerable with your kids uh, and be authentic, you know, that's where, you know, the, the tightest bonds can be made. Yeah, Strick, I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't bring it up um, for, for, you know, obviously it's very emotional and um, still very emotional for you guys as you guys are very close knit, but um, it just goes to show all of our listeners that you got to take every day and you got to you know, attack every day and, and appreciate every day and be thankful for your struggles that you get every day and all the hard that you have to go through every day. Um, because there's a, there's a lot of other people that don't get to do some of the stuff that we all get to do and some of the people listening. So, um, Strick, I mean, you know how much you mean to me. You're, you're, you're great. Um, men, you're a mentor for me. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, you're a calming factor for me some days, um, <laughs> um, you know, and, and you just, I'm just so proud of you. I, I'm so proud of, you know, the, the first day I saw you running cross fields and, you know, I couldn't break you, you know, I thought that I was going to be able to, but I couldn't break you. And you just kept coming and coming and um, really told me a lot about who you were as a person and, and whatnot. And I, I tell you what, man, those kids at Edgewood are, are so fortunate to have you and that staff over there. And, 
you know, because you guys are making a difference in kids' lives. Dino, anything for Coach Strick here? No, everything you said, you know, times 10. Ben, you're just an All-American person. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I got to know you through the years. And um, I definitely want to get down and check out Madison Edgewood and check out your facilities and talk more shop and definitely go get another fish meal and hopefully bottle by this time. <laughs> I thought I did buy last. I'm pretty sure I did. I think I bought that. And I think my wife brought like a daughter and like three of their friends I had to buy for too. So anyways, um, let's hope we're all doing that in November. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Sure. That, that'd be awesome. How yeah. About that? Let's make a deal. Let's do that. Yeah. I'd like, I'd love to be on the sideline for like three or four teams down there. You know what I mean? I, well, <laughs> We'll just, we'll just keep that in there. Anyways, uh, it's going to wrap up another episode again. You know, we don't charge for the podcast. Uh, we don't do ads for the simple reason, you know, we want to give as much as we can back to, to the athletes and coaches. And um, so again, you know, if you're listening to this for the first time, go back and listen to our other episodes, share the episodes with different people that you think this can help. Um, Cause that's why we're doing it. Obviously Dean with the Fox Valley throws club. Um, he'll have some sessions going on in the, in the winter. Uh, for those of you that are social media, you know, follow the Fox Valley Throws on, on Instagram and Twitter. Follow the Get Your Edge podcast at Get Your Edge Pod on Instagram, Twitter. And then, of course, at Sports Advantage. Uh, if you can make it to our gyms, we'd love to have you, help you develop. Also, we run satellite programs um, and all kinds of other stuff going on. So that's going to wrap it up. If they can get there at Monday and Wednesdays at 530, then they can train with some real athletes. Yeah, if you want to train with, with Joe, uh, 5.30 on Monday and Wednesday, and we'll see you next time. Chop it! <laughs> <laughs>